Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I am Hope. It's 2 p.m. on a Sunday and I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yes. Uh, well, you know, just you do you, Hope. You do you. I'm not on uh, schedule right now, so... Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're on a break. You're having fun. You're having breakfast at 2 p.m. living your best life. Uh, I support you. Uh, yeah, so so we're here today to discuss. Uh, originally, this was just going to be about Goop Lab, the show that's on Netflix. But now, uh, after watching a few episodes of the show, I realized that I wanted to give a little more background into it beforehand. Um, so it isn't just going to be about that. And it's also not just going to be about like, Gwyneth Paltrow sucks. Uh, just to let people know that's not, <laughs> this isn't meant to be a hit piece. We're going to say some critical things definitely, but I also want to kind of take a critical look at some of the criticisms as well, because I think that uh, a lot of the judgment that she gets is very valid but some of it is kind of just hyperbole um and honestly it's stuff that then she plays off of to make money so it's like eh, you know whatever like <laughs> it's working out so so it's kind of interesting um looking at it from both sides she's a businesswoman. Yeah. she is a businesswoman. she she had a, a like a famous sort of not not a phrase or anything or like a credo but uh but at one point she said if a bunch of people are coming into goop basically looking at it critically that she wants to quote monetize those eyeballs <laughs> which i was like all right yeah that makes sense like get a bunch of sponsorships like get those people to buy stuff like you might as well like if people are going to look at you anyway um and yeah. and how uh how ethical all of it is is kind of it's a complex question, so that's why we're going to look at some of the different things that they do, because I think that Goop can definitely exist. I think the Goop Lab, the show, can exist and be a positive thing, but right now, they're not. So, yeah. <laughs> that's let's where I'm starting it. from, basically. It's like, I did watch the whole show, I've done a bunch of research, and let's get into it. So, to understand Goop as it is today, we have to go back and look how it evolved. To start at the beginning, we're going to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow, because who she is is very much ingrained in Goop. And and it's really, it's even more individualized than something like, like, for example, Martha Stewart living and like her lines of stuff. Like it's a little bit different than that. And we'll talk about that later. And it has to do kind of with origin story, if you will, you know? <laughs> um, so this is sort of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's origin story um, in a, in a brief format. Uh, she was born September 27th, 1972 to mother Blythe Danner and father Bruce Paltrow. Uh, Bruce Paltrow was in film and television. He was a producer slash director until he died in 2002 due to complications from oral cancer and pneumonia. Uh, Blythe Danner was and is an actor um, who she's still active. And uh, if anyone wants a reference, like she, she's the one who's married to Robert De Niro in Meet the Parents. Uh, and then meet the Fockers, etc. Like so, she's she is like a that's quintessential mom? mom. Yeah, yeah, that's Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. She's played many, wow. many, many moms, and but then before that, she also had a career as a young woman, as or a younger woman as well. So, like she's she's sense. had a long career. Yeah, Allison Janney's always playing a mom too, <laughs> or like a principal. that's true. 
And, and and I think I have a feeling that those people always get cast as that. And then I forget like, well, no, they were in their twenties at some point too. And so I'm like, I'm sure they were playing other things that I just haven't seen, but, Andy uh, Smith but Blake Danner, yeah, Potter. that's true. And, and some of the, these people also have moved from acting on stage as well. And I believe Blake Danner also did right. acting on stage as well, which Gwyneth Paltrow has done um, and got interested in because she saw Blake Danner doing that because her mom and so she's like oh hey that looks fun uh, so yeah but anyway so Blake Sanders is a very good uh actor and just that lineage is very good <laughs> and you know a talent I do think there there is like some sort of innate talent that does really help with that and so you do have families of actors where people you know do get better but then also they have a lot more resources in general, uh, which is something I just want to bring up is that so when we say that Gwyneth's mother's an actor, an actor, actress, I, I tend to say actor no matter what. But anyway, uh, so when we say that she was an actor, she really like like she was famous in her own right, is famous in her own right, you know, so Gwyneth Paltrow is more famous definitely but she still had parents who were not nobodies when she was growing up they weren't normal right. people uh so so even even if she does have like great memories of cooking with her dad and stuff like that like all of that is really good but she does not have she doesn't necessarily have a handle on how to be relatable <laughs> which sounds like a mean thing but i'm just i'm actually trying to be fair to her when i say that because yeah. like when i'm looking at where she's coming from and where she has gone with all of this like like people like say she's crazy and all this stuff and the thing is like i i think that she is open to more things because she's been raised in she's been raised in kind of an anything is possible area be like even though you you know she's had her own personal sadness and all of that she's always had like enough money and like you know known people and that kind of stuff so she's someone who's had yeah had a lot because of who she was born to and then the fact that she really did well at her job which like and that is because of her so like some of it's I earned and some of it's just kind of like oops here you go a lot of the the stuff that we take in that's media is mostly coming from Los Angeles. And, like, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, a lot of the, like, celebrities that we follow, like, celebrity culture is in L.A. Mm -hmm. And to hear them talk about it, like, especially, like, everybody knows I love the Try Guys and, like, YouTubers and stuff. They all, like, <laughs> move to L.A. from other places. And they're, like, it's just a completely different place where... Like, Trixie Mattel is from bumfuck nowhere, Wisconsin. And she's talking about, like, how she got her teeth whitened. And she's like, I wanted Milwaukee white and, like, L.A. brown. Because there's <laughs> just, like, everybody, everything is about performance and, like, entertainment and, like, how you mm -hmm. look. And especially coming up, I'm thinking about Kristen Stewart and then Maya Hawk. Kristen Stewart, her mom was in production and stuff. That's why she got into acting so early. Like, they both mm -hmm. grew up in L.A., and Maya Hawke's parents are Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Like, yeah, you're not going to have a normal childhood. <laughs> like, yeah, so absolutely. It's probably. Yeah. And she was watching her parents. So she knew the ways to get to being an entertainer and like the avenues mm -hmm. to take. And people probably knew her a lot in the same ways that like legacies at Harvard and stuff. Like if your parents yeah. know somebody that lends something to you whether or not you deserve it there's stuff that she's in that i'm like yeah i really like that like 
her movie career really took off um, in 1996 with the adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. Uh, I, <laughs> I I will say that uh, it has been knocked out of my favorite adaptation uh, of Emma because the most recent one was uh, basically unassailable. Uh, if you <laughs> really enjoy the book and you like Jane Austen stuff and you enjoy the costuming and stuff. So there's actually a lot more English people in that one as well, which is nice. So yeah, the anyway. Most recent one. It's it's starring Johnny Flynn and Anya Taylor-Joy uh, and it's it's got Bill Nye plays Anya Taylor-Joy's dad and it's Ooh. just really good. And I think they did a lot with the characters. Uh, and this is from having seen a lot of other adaptations and I've seen the one with Gwyneth Paltrow a lot. It was really, really good. I think it was a stepping stone to the one that I now <laughs> enjoy a little bit more, but it is still something I watch. It, it is really good and you can totally see why it set her apart. Because it showed that she could really do a lot of stuff and she learned like, you know, the way of walking and the way of talking and sitting and standing and doing all of the little things that you wouldn't necessarily know how to do unless you studied them. So um, so that really did show that she could pull her weight um, and that she wasn't just like the kid of people who, you know, could pull their weight. So. So there's that. As her career continued, she developed a habit of asking people for recommendations whenever she went anywhere. <laughs> uh, so she's like, you know, I'm here. Please tell me the best coffee shop. Please tell me the best place to get a bikini wax. Please tell me the best place to, you know, go for a massage, to get dinner, to etc. Like all the kind of things. She just wanted to develop like an index of like when you get to this place, where do you go to get the best stuff like, where do you go? What do you do? Like, what's the best thing that you can't miss out on? We should um, write that which, as a group of tall ship sailors, because I'm sure yeah. the whole group of us have an encyclopedic knowledge of every port we've been to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a thing where, like, we're like, so for her, the things she was collecting are because of her very lifestyle. <laughs> They're probably just more naturally going to be expensive stuff. Um, although they... Sh I have seen it in a lot of places that she was asking crew members as well. So that's good. So hopefully she found like some good mix, but I, so, you know, so I will put that caveat in there where she probably wasn't looking at necessarily where all of the locals go, but it's where is the best of the best. So she really was looking for that kind of quality. Uh, and she kept lists and she kept track of all of this stuff. And so the first iteration of goop was like a homespun newsletter that was just from her kitchen. And she was like, hey, I have all of these lists of the coolest places to go and the best things to do there and the best things to get there. And like, here is this stuff and I'll have a weekly newsletter and I'll also send out healthy recipes. And I I was signed up for this at some point. <laughs> um, this was 2008. Um, so that would have been when I was in college. And I remember getting the emails because I liked getting the recipes. Um, mm. I did try some of them. They're all right. They're... They're like on the the ultra healthy side of things usually. Um, so they're like, it's like the muffins where you eat it and you're like, this is healthy, you know, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. I'm so have good poop later. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of stuff. So it's it's not bad, but it's definitely it's not how I eat all the time. And if she does, hey, more power to her. Like that sounds like it's good. But my first, <laughs> I think, what I remember hearing about from Goop. Because it was 2008, I was a freshman in high school. I think this must have been around the time that her and Chris Martin broke up. Because that was mm -hmm. the first I heard about it when she was talking in her, in Goop, in the newsletter, about the conscious uncoupling they were doing. 
Mm-hmm. And for 2008, that sounded like way too hippy dippy. Like, just get divorced like normal straight people, you know? <laughs> well, but the thing and is, now... they were talking about an amicable, an amicable divorce. They were just yes. using a different term. They were going to therapy <laughs> yeah. to break up, which like which now... everyone should do, especially if you have children. And they still have a really good relationship. Like they're yeah. like co-parenting and Mm -hmm. stuff and i'm just like why was this a big deal like why was this like a weird thing to be doing it's because people if it it, it honestly is there is a thing where if people who are like hollywood types are into something that's different it can very quickly get labeled like hollywood stuff you know like it's just it's just out there with all that crazy hollywood stuff and I think they probably shot themselves in the foot by saying consciously uncoupling (laughs) because making up, I I feel like this is kind of a thread that I see in a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow's stuff where it's like, it'll associate like a new phrase or something and you look at it and you're like, well, that kind of already exists and it's this, (laughs) you know? So like, and, and, and also in Goop Lab, I saw some things where like, okay, that's kind of a new method, but it's also kind of meditation, you know, like that's, so it's stuff like that where I feel like they probably got backlash, not because of what they were doing, um, but because either people didn't understand what they were doing or they were like, feelings are bullshit, which, you know, that's not valid and that's stupid. Um, (laughs) You're feeling that feelings are bullshit is not valid, which disagrees with my liberal stance that feelings are valid. Anyway, uh, talk myself in circles, but yeah. So, (laughs) so anyway, what, what I'm saying here is, that uh what am i saying here they lose my train of thought i did i did i totally lost it it. Uh, there you go yeah so like when it when it started it honestly was it was lists of places to go it was recipes and oh and the the consciously uncoupling which is what we were talking about just before i lost my train of thought uh that stuff i honestly think it it was they were probably going to get made fun of any way they came out to talk about it and i don't think that's fair but i do think part of the making fun of them was because they were saying consciously uncoupling rather than like we're getting a divorce and we're trying to make it amicable by going to therapy you know but that's not as catchphrasy it was a very innocent like it was an innocent new like celebrity thing that she was doing with probably Mm -hmm. good intentions and yeah and then everybody who wasn't in LA was like, "You're weird." <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, like, she she also, when you watch her, at least in Goop Lab, and I, I haven't honestly seen her in a lot of other stuff, but um, like like movies, yes, but her as her, um, I I don't tend to watch a lot of like celebrity type stuff, so I just haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. But in the Goop Lab, at least, she seems. Like, she does genuinely have good intentions. She seems like she is genuinely really interested in all this. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because she seems like a genuine person. She's also a business person, but she also does have, like, genuine feelings and hopes for this company that it can help people. But the more that's monetized, I think the more they kind of diverge from their initial purpose. I meant Um, to listen to it this before we got here. But she has an armchair expert episode, and I almost didn't watch it or listen to it. But then I did, and I was like, "Oh, she's a human. Like she she's like 
she's not that bad she's just a person like and she's also she is fairly self-deprecating as well um which is something that she needs to be definitely to be her yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. the and, and we could talk more about the uh the psychology of Gwyneth Paltrow um I I tend to be like I I'm critical of her but I also think we need to be fair because she's not she has not been given the tools to be a normal human <laughs> And as I say again, not a criticism. It's just fact. Like most of us do not have like famous parents. We don't have access to all of the stuff she had access to. Um, so she doesn't have the experience that we had growing up. So she doesn't sometimes I think understand why it doesn't translate. And that's got to be really hard because like she, she can't help it. Mm, you know, it's not her fault. So Anyway, so so there are parts of it that, that are not her fault, and there are parts of it that are things that she needs to do differently, and that's kind of what we're getting at here. But um, anyway, so like moving on, the the origin of the name Goop was literally her initials, and this man who who is described as a branding and design expert, um, he does have his own company. Um, I'm just wondering, I'm like, how did you get to be an expert? Was it by calling yourself an expert or was it by going to school? I don't know. I, I mean, he has gone to school, but anyway. So, white guy. yeah, like he's yeah. just like a dude. Anyway, but here's, yeah. okay. <laughs> and because of the advice that he gave Gwyneth Paltrow, that's why I'm being like a little bit shitty about him. Um, His name is Peter Arnell. Uh, <laughs> and he gave Gwyneth Paltrow the advice that all successful internet companies have double O's in the middle. This might have been a joke. I don't know. But it's like he's worked with so many companies that don't have double O's. And literally most companies don't have double O's. There's lots and lots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Google and you can maybe think of a couple more when you like really, really try. But it's provably false. It's just a really silly thing. But, but Gwyneth Paltrow is quoted as saying she thought it was, quote, stupid and funny. And, and like, literally, that's why she named it that. And that's, she said that, too. So it's like, sure, it's a stupid well, name, but she it, also was like, eh, stupid. We couldn't yeah. call the company GP because that stands for yeah. group, group poop. Georgia Pacific? <laughs> there, there's already a... That's, that's okay. I, I thought it was just she, for another company. She must have a middle name. Or you could have gone with the... the the rich couple that has a bunch of expensive well, stuff at Target, the Magnolia, Joanna yeah, Gaines. yeah. Like I, I don't think it's the best name, but at the same time, it is memorable because it's a bit weird. And I kind of think that's what she's. I kind of think that's that is definitely built into her brand, um, like memorable because weird. Like that, that I think is part of it. Um, and, and I think it's probably something that she on some level consciously knows um so she, like she did she did think it was funny and that's why she decided to do it and honestly why not uh because it's it's hard to know what names are gonna hit you know like i we ended up choosing a name for this podcast that was probably way too long um but like it it was a hard thing to do to name the podcast and my original was choice was descriptive. <laughs> it is descriptive my original choice was you're wrong about but that already exists and it's a really good podcast by the way um so anyway, we like named it's, it well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that sounds dickish. We should have named it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Or have you tried trying? Oh uh, yeah. There's 
there, oh, well. there's a lot of snarky names, but I think a vague knowledge of everything is probably better because it's not Someday. snarky in its essence. Someday this will be a very big podcast and we can bring out merch that says, have you tried trying? And all sailors yeah. get a 50% oh! discount. <laughs> We should try to get like some stickers or something just to see if we can sell some stickers. And ah. anyway, but we should we can talk about that later. All right. So anyway, <laughs> back okay, to you. merch is coming. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, if you sign up to be a Patreon, uh, there's going to be merch. So or uh, if, if you sign up to be a Patreon at a specific level, there's going to be merch. Um, anyway, so uh, back to Goop. So, uh, so she started 2008 from her kitchen with recipes and lists of like, here's where all the people that I've met say to go and all these places. Um, and she, you know, first she just had like 150,000 people. Like, again, I think that was around the time that I was doing it. So I might've been an early adopter of Goop, but I think I was also an early, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, something happened. I lost the word for abandon and somehow that made the whole podcast uh explode so yeah you, you anyway the spell without knowing we we it both got kicked out and i also can't remember why i was talking about abandonment so yeah there we you, go uh you were talking about being one of the first subscribers of goop back in the oh there you go and then i think i was also one of the early abandoners um i don't think that it was worth all of this for me to get there but uh here we are so <laughs> so anyway uh <laughs> apparently she was like fuck you how dare you talk about abandoning goop <laughs> i'm sorry what if i hear you i promise i'm gonna say nice things about your vagina candle um that's actually true um just you just have to wait for it okay because <laughs> everyone wants to hate on the vagina candle and it it's silly anyway uh so Anyway, seemingly he really, this guy, Peter Arnell, hasn't really worked with uh, a lot of companies that have, has a double O, so it's kind of a silly name, but anyway, silly, fun, whatever. Um, there's, she does have a story about being like excited that she got $45 of income from the site because it was the first time that had ever happened. I can relate to that, you know, like I got really excited when we got our first Patreon. Shout out I, to I wish Brogan. we would have some beep, beep, more. <laughs> Shout out to Brogan. Um, yeah, I will get excited for every other Patreon that we get as well. So, like, you too can be a shout yeah. out. <laughs> you too can be a shout out. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, you could be a pod parent. Um, yeah, and that way we'll just kindly fact check you. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, so Goop was incorporated in 2011. It has grown exponentially since then. So that like $45 of income has grown a lot. At this point, Goop is valued at 250 million USD. Um, not all of that is profit from consumers. And in fact, a lot of it is money from investors um, for like projects that they're developing. Mm -hmm. um, so just, just FYI for everyone, like that's when they say it's a $250 million brand, that is misleading. It's not like they're making all of that money off of the products. Like they're getting people to invest in the ideas that they have for expansion and for creating their own standalone brand. And so that's like actual businessy stuff that I'm not super yeah. well-versed on, but I do understand that it doesn't mean that they've just like have $250 million for whatever. Yeah. What I've observed so. about like people starting their own companies projects you know whatever is a lot of the money comes from like advertisers and investors mm -hmm. and not your actual revenue do you know most yeah. musicians make all of their money like the bulk of their money on tour selling merch yeah yeah that's I, i've been told by 
a couple people I knew who were in touring bands that you should always buy merch rather than like, you know, buying a like something online or whatever, right. like just go, go to a show and buy some merch and that'll be the best way to support, especially like a struggling indie band or something. And but. Taylor Swift's reputation tour was the biggest tour that ever happened ever. Like wow. ever between like know. Rolling Stones, ACDC, Queen, no, it was Taylor's rep. Oh, it was Taylor's reputation tour. I think we're getting a little off topic. What makes you say that? Uh, <laughs> because we're talking about Taylor Swift's reputation tour. I was I about to go to about goop. a tangent about how that's her, the least strong album she has, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> okay. We can, we can do a Taylor Swift breakdown someday, maybe. Like, I don't know. Unfortunately, like, there seem to be some white women out there who are, like, putting themselves out there for controversy controversy uh for controversy uh and and we're hitting on a couple of them um not hitting on we're not touching on um we're talking about a couple of them anyway so moving on let's talk about goop for real all right so so yes they're worth 250 million but just just remember it's not it's not all revenue it's it's more complex than it seems um they have some brand partnerships, uh, but it looks like it's like another brand that already makes whatever the product is, makes a Goop specific thing that you can only get through their site. And then they also sell products that are from other brands that you can like also get at those other brand sites as well. Um, some of them are going to be more expensive on the Goop site. And so it might make sense to like look at the other site and go there first. Uh, but some of them are the same price. So it's kind of like up to you to do your own research on that. Um, I did, <laughs> I did look at their, uh, all of the things in their, their shopping area on Goop. I just looked at everything and I sorted it from least expensive to most expensive. The least expensive thing is a $25 vitamin D spray, which is like a spray. It, it's no, it's a thing. It's like you spray it under your tongue and you, it's, it's a different way to absorb vitamins. And like, it, it's legit. I don't know if you need to have it in a spray for some reason. I guess if you have a problem swallowing pills maybe and and some people do get vitamin d deficiencies like i've had one before so that actually might have been something that i would have used at some point yeah. i'm i'm goopier than i come off uh yeah <laughs> but uh but anyway so like vitamin d spray like that's not a harmful thing whatever but like i'm just saying that is the most that is the cheapest thing they have i don't think the spray has to be 25 dollars, but maybe it does it depends on where you're sourcing things from and what they're charging you but anyway, that's the che cheapest. Um, and there's nothing else that's in that price category. It's like then it goes up and up and up and up and up. And I went down like five rows and then I started hitting things were hundreds of dollars, you know, thousands, et cetera. Like I'm there's, out. yeah, exactly. Like it's not a place where I can afford to shop. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting looking there. Even like Gwyneth's cookbooks are like $35 each, which like maybe one if I really, really liked it, but I'd have to like physically see it first and see that it's a really, really good book. But and I'm also a chef, so, like, <laughs> most people aren't, so most people don't have rent, as many cookbooks as I do. You can uh, rent cookbooks from the library. That's true. And then yeah. just photocopy the recipes like a real cheap person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, honestly, that's what my mom taught me to do, but yeah. So anyway, uh, so they, they sell, they promote other brands. They sell Gwyneth's cookbooks. Um, the cookbooks are basically fine, Um I know people pointed out like the ingredients are too expensive, like they're not necessarily simple. And she writes about food in a way that's pretty out of touch. Like that's what's been said. And like, like we've been over this, like she's going to be out of touch. Um, <laughs> she's got to make a concerted effort to figure out how not to be if she's going to want to 
be in touch, I suppose. Um, but like all of it's like, yeah, she has access to expensive things and she doesn't really understand what it's like not to. And so that's why her books are like that. Also, there are a lot of other cookbooks like that. So calm down, everyone. It's fine. <laughs> there are real things to be mad about here. The cookbooks aren't one of them. <laughs> um, there's a reason I'm going through all, all of this like stuff that isn't a big deal first because when we get to the stuff that is a big deal i'm gonna switch and start being a lot meaner oh, so. okay sounds good <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we get to the show i'm gonna be real mean uh so uh so i do want to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow in comparison to martha stewart and rachel ray uh, because those are some people who also started like their own lifestyle brands mm -hmm. uh but it's a much different like experience and timeline if you look at it like they haven't exploded in the way that goop has but they have like they're both like respectable brands that have people buying them like i don't think either of those brands like either martha stewart or rachel ray are in danger of becoming obsolete so they've got this flow of income which is uh, really good coming from that but it's not the explosion that goop is also but but if you look at something like goop it's hard to control an explosion like that and figure out how much revenue you're going to make. So it's going to be interesting to see how their company goes, especially in comparison to something like Martha Stewart, um, because like all of her moves were definitely very planned out and precise and, and all that, but all of her moves were also basically like, I'm a crafty homemaker and I do a really good job. And so can you, and it's all very relatable stuff. And that's kind of where, like people like her and people like Rachel Ray diverge from Gwyneth Paltrow because she's like, no, I'm not the same as you guys, but I have some similarities and there are some things you can have that are like me. And she yeah. calls things like aspirational. And I think she doesn't realize how problematic it is because it's like someone who has minimum wage, no matter what they, or who's making minimum wage, no matter what they aspire to, if they can't access like education to like get a better job or they just can't access a better job with more money they can never get that stuff so calling it aspirational is shitty and that's yeah, why people just... like martha stewart better than they like gwyneth paltrow is because gwyneth paltrow is like buy this 700 dollars jacket and martha stewart's like buy my set of pans for 150 dollars like that's also, not martha stewart has been to jail different. she's got some cred to her name <laughs> like she's she been down in she it. also like yeah, like, the thing is, like, if you look at Martha Stewart, I, I, I don't think Rachel Ray so much, like, Rachel Ray is doing really well for herself, but, like, Martha Stewart is definitely someone you look at as having a lot of money in the same echelon as Gwyneth Paltrow has a lot of money, and so that's why it's kind of interesting to, <laughs> to look at them next to each other, but... Calling it aspirational is along the same lines of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps ideal, which actually yeah. isn't true, it's not real. Because there's so yeah. many systems put in place to keep people poor and to keep them. <clears throat> Sorry, I just ate a bunch yeah. of eggs, so my my throat's all weird. <laughs> um, it's it's okay. to keep people like marginalized, keep them poor, keep putting them in jail, and it's it's not usually rich white ladies. Yeah, <laughs> That's not how it works. And, and, and when I when I look at like the history of someone like Martha Stewart, uh compared with the history of Gwyneth Paltrow, you realize like Martha Stewart did have to do some hustling. Like she she had high powered like finance jobs before she started doing her crafty housewife like huge success stuff. But she 
like, like she was a hustler. She worked really, really hard to do this stuff. And she didn't come from famous people. Gwyneth Paltrow, I think since she didn't have to hustle, she's coming out with a different product that is honestly like it's not for people who have to like hustle and get stuff done and like really have busy days going on. Like people who don't have a lot of money, who have to work multiple jobs, like Goop isn't for you. Um, and it's okay to have like the newsletter and stuff feel like that. But when you get to Goop Lab, making the argument that it's not for everyone doesn't hold water anymore. So it's one of those things where like, it's okay to have luxury brands. It's okay for Gwyneth Paltrow to want to make money. Uh, but when she pushes things that are actually dangerous to people who might not know the difference between pseudoscience and like real actual, you know, like how to tell if it's real science, uh, then it becomes dangerous. And so like, that's the thing that Martha Stewart has never done to my knowledge. Um, she generally kind of stays in a pretty specific lane. So I think because Gwyneth Paltrow is trying to kind of be in the health and wellness industry, even though she doesn't have a background in it, she's coming up against a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I also had like a little bit of a price comparison thing. Like Rachel Ray's products are like lines of pots and pans itself are under $200. Her books are usually under $20. Um, so in comparison with Goop, you look at that and you're like, okay, these people look comparable, but they're really not. They're not the same kind of thing. Just because you call it a lifestyle brand doesn't mean that they're all equal. <laughs> Just want to drive the point home that Goop is a different brand. Um, I don't know if we really have another brand to compare goop too it's kind of the first of its kind but it's also frustrating because of that <laughs> uh so we need to judge it on its own rather than against something else because it's not comparable so like try not to compare things going forward and try just to look at facts is i guess what i'm trying to say to all of our listeners um so i do now want to talk about one of the things that is very famous in goop's history and that is the vagina candle do tell so, for anyone who doesn't know, in 2020, Goop partnered with Heretic Candles to produce a candle labeled, This Smells Like My Vagina. Um, like, that's what the label says. Uh, if you look up Heretic Candles, they do a lot of candles with sassy labels. So, it's not like this was a new thing for them. It was a step further, I would say, but it's not a new thing. Like, they, like, the name Heretic, like, it's, it's not the, like turn on any and take a bath kind of candle they're trying to market it as being more hipstery i guess you know so it's something mm -hmm. where like I, they might actually make some of the candles that are like for the states where you get homesick and you get a candle that smells like pennsylvania or whatever you know which yeah. i don't know what that would smell like but but yeah what do you think pennsylvania would smell like i'm, I'm thinking about it <laughs> probably, all i can like, think of is like oil and cars probably like cured meats it's very, <laughs> very meat-driven state between, like, it's true. Pittsburgh and, like, Philadelphia being pretty German. And then, yeah. Oh, like, and pierogies are really big in Pittsburgh. So, like, meat and potatoes oh, candles. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to Pittsburgh this week, and you just said pierogies. And I was like, <gasps> I need pierogies. Well, that's good. I'm glad I reminded you of pierogies. So, yeah. yeah. So, so this vagina candle was uh, was made by the same company that makes, like, a lot of candles that have, like, kind of funny, sassy labels. So it's not weird that they would want to do something with, like, a funny label. And apparently, the whole story behind this 
is it's a lot less sort of like weird than it sounds. What it was was that she was like they were partnering to make candles. Like I said, hadn't named them, and she she smelled one, and she was like, it "Smells like my vagina," which like it's a joke, dude. Like yeah. literally, it was a joke. Like she just said that, and then they thought, "Oh, that's a." Like, they thought it was funny between them and decided that they were going to do that uh, just to see kind of what happened. And everybody lost their fucking minds. And also, the candle sold out. So, like... Like, women aren't allowed to be funny about our our body parts. Meanwhile, guys are talking about their dicks like they're talking about the days of the week. Like, nobody bats an eye. But as soon as, you know, Ali Wong starts talking about her friend's C-section vagina... And then also talking about, like, this smells like my vagina. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing. is It's funny because obviously you wouldn't have a candle that smelled like a vagina. Because, number one, how are you going to create that smell? Like, that's a really weird, different. like, how... Yeah, exactly. And vaginas don't all smell the same. Um, I mean, like, there's there's general... I think there's a vein of similarity. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah. But it's a thing where, like, it's so silly. And also people... People were phrasing it like Gwyneth Paltrow was coming out with a candle that smells like her vagina. And I was like, that's not what it says. It is a candle with a label that says this smells like my vagina. That's something that you get as a funny thing to put in your apartment to show that you're edgy. Okay. If you're if you're a be, white girl, that's what you do. It's like also <laughs> it's a test to see if the guy that you brought home. Luna, can you not be on my like on top of my keyboard? Oh, oh my goodness. kittens are such a problem for podcasting when they're like. So cute. If you bring a guy over, I don't know how this works because I've never actually like been in the dating scene. I'm either single <laughs> or like about to marry someone. <laughs> so, like, if you bring someone home and they see the the vagina candle and they're like, "Oh, that's cool," like that's okay. Or if you see something that's yeah. like, "Oh, that's fucking disgusting," it's like, mm, "You're like, oh, that's weird. yeah." Exactly. Like, it's a really good litmus test to, to just know what they're going to think, you know? And and a lot of us have those kind of tests that we give people where we, like, have them watch a movie and see what they think of it. Because, like, you know, if someone reacts to a movie that you really love in a way where, like, they hate it, maybe talk about that because it could be indicative of, you know, difference. So, like, it's just right. these little things that we do when we want to be kind of individual but also kind of lazy about it is you buy a candle that says it smells like my vagina like yeah that's and it was followed by several others uh there was one that says this smells like my orgasm and this smells like my prenup um (laughs) yeah so it's like it's it's funny and and the thing is like that's what they are is they're jokes (laughs) like they're just nice smelling candles that are jokes they don't Okay, and obviously, like, what does the prenup smell like? It's paper, so, like, yeah, that candle doesn't smell like paper. Like, it's a joke. So, <laughs> so well, the vagina candle actually smells... Okay, I don't know how the vagina candle smells. Um, I, I am convinced that it doesn't have any vagina smell to it because I looked at the ingredients. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, if you want to send me a vagina candle, I would be more than happy to, like, do an Instagram live where I confirm for everyone that it doesn't smell like vaginas. Um... I know that you're you don't like, know, really looking never... for my support, but yeah. Me personally, <laughs> we don't know. I've only smelled one. And like, there's no way we would know what every single vagina smells like. So really, the the limits are, they don't exist. 
I'm convinced that these candles don't smell like that because if you look at the the actual ingredients, uh, what you see is like it's soy wax and there's like flower essential oils and there's there's like some other woodsy stuff. So like it doesn't I think it doesn't smell super girly, but like it smells like a nice smelling candle that has some like flower and some cedar wood in it, you know, like. Can I say something so. uh, kind of related, but yeah. an important PSA? Okay. If there's anybody sure. out there who owns a vagina and TikTok or a man or someone else is telling you mm-hmm. that you need to clean it, I want you to know that it is a self-cleaning oven notes. operating system. You do not have to put <laughs> soap on it. There's there's no reason for you to be using Summer's Eve. All you got to do is use some like warm water and that's it. It pretty much takes care of itself. It's okay. Discharge is normal. Don't listen to men. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. So that's actually next up in my notes. What? I was like, yeah. I was like, so to me, this sounds floral, botanical, a bit woodsy, which is all good. I saw because I basically write out a script and then I kind of just rip off of that. Sure. Um, but it says, perhaps if you douche, but that's not good for you. Your vagina cleans itself. Please don't put scented crap up there. It fucks up the ecosystem. If you don't believe me, ask your doctor. <laughs> like, don't okay so like your vagina shouldn't smell like a candle um because because candles don't smell like vaginas um it's their they're their own special things and if they are smelling different than usual you should go talk to a doctor about them you should not be douching okay also (laughs) it's very important for you guys to know that there's no amount of pineapple that you can eat that's gonna make your vagina not taste like a vagina that yeah, body parts true. are going to taste like body parts. They're not popsicles. Yeah. You can't request a flavor. And, okay, and, and well, while people say like like oh, if you do this, it like it like makes your we're just gonna have a little sex ed corner. Um, people say like oh, if you like do this, it'll make your secretions like whatever they are. Um, whether you're whatever gender you are, it doesn't matter. Um, like people say like oh, this thing makes them taste bad. This thing makes it taste good. Like it, no, that's just 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 don't pay attention to that it doesn't matter like if someone is attracted to you enough to be having sex with you they're not going to be grossed out by like the way you smell or like the way that your body tastes and if they are then they should be nice about it and be like hey you might want to go to a doctor you know yeah so be just if, if the person you're having sex with isn't gonna be nice about something like that if they like notice something then maybe you shouldn't be having sex with them is what i should say or what would I you. think? <laughs> yeah. Or your vagina. So that was our, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about vaginas later because unfortunately it seemed like Gwyneth Paltrow didn't actually know what they are, but, um, what? when she made this joke, yeah, we'll, what? we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. We got, we, we got a little, a little ways. So I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little, cause I think we can get this done in one day, but I, I don't know. If we don't, okay. I don't want to force it though. All right. Okay, so so anyway, like basically it was a joke. They thought it was funny, so they made the candle. It was a smart business decision. It is sold out now. Like you this candle is $75 and people cannot stop buying it. Elton John bought a crap load, but I mean that is Elton John, so it makes sense that he would do something like that. Um and he has the money to, but like yeah, this is an expensive candle that people love because it's funny. Just let them love it. It's fine. Um for anyone who says that $70 is way too much, eh, maybe 
And I know that sounds weird because I'm a person who makes things and like I would never personally spend $75 on a candle. Um, I'm sorry, Gwyneth, I just don't have it in me. Um, I, I'll totally take a free one though. Because uh, <laughs> I love candles. <laughs> but, uh, but so the thing is like, sure, this candle's probably overpriced, but it might not be overpriced in as big of a way as we think. Um, just, I have made batch candles before, not huge batches and on the same uh, level as heretic candles but uh but i have batch made some before um so i can kind of break down costs a little bit for you guys um this is a 10 ounce candle um the things you need for it are there's soy wax based so soy wax is one of the cheaper waxes you can get it is not as cheap as paraffin um it's really good they don't use paraffin because paraffin candles uh have they give off carcinogens and like if you burn them indoors you can actually like they found evidence like on walls of carcinogens indoors so don't burn paraffin candles um just just don't soy isn't necessarily the best thing either it's vegan but unfortunately it's uh it leads to a lot of deforestation because we've been demanding a lot of soy because of the number of people who are using soy products, which kind of means that the drive for veganism is causing the speed up of climate change in some ways, which really yeah. sucks. So soy wax is probably a thing that needs to be a thing of the past. I'm, I'm just saying for people just so that they know, I didn't realize all this stuff until I did research and that was after I gave out a bunch of soy wax candles for Christmas. They're, they're not horrible and I understand it because of the price and like if they weren't, if it wasn't such a widespread thing that so many people were using for so many things, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but a lot of this is happening in countries that we're not seeing this stuff happening, but people are getting displaced and like indigenous crops just aren't prioritized anymore because we need to make soybeans because the US wants them, you know? So anyway, just keep that in mind. So the waxes in general aren't very expensive. Um, they use soy wax. I would prefer that they use bee beeswax. Um, it's not vegan, but you do not have to kill bees to get beeswax or honey. That is a lie. <laughs> um, so you can get um, but I, I am convinced you can get both beeswax and honey. Ethically, they will cost more money, but you can do it in a way that still lines up with a vegan lifestyle. Uh, and I think that's something we need to push more because also it will mean that we will have an incentive to keep bees around and bees are really good for our ecosystem. Yeah. So if I could say anything about the vagina candle, it is that I would say it's totally fine, but change it to beeswax. <laughs> and make sure that it's um, ethically sourced beeswax where uh, the bees aren't being killed. And then you can make your vegans happy and you can also make your environmentalists happy because unfortunately, um, veganism and environmentalism are not always linked, even though we tend to think they are. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, the wax isn't that expensive. And even if they used um, beeswax, getting like a lot of it, especially if you're giving people like a, a source of income, um, you can get a really decent price for it. In terms of cost, it's not really gonna add, add up to anything. They would spend, if they got like the most amazing wax ever, like, and they probably would because it's for goop, maybe $5 per candle, probably not that much though. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then you're left with like 70, um, but that's, that's but then we'll, we'll want to take out other things like, of course, there's the glass itself that you want to get. And if you're getting tempered glass, that'll be more expensive. So like, I don't know um, if they're getting like the absolute nicest glass, which they probably aren't, but we'll give them the credit for doing that. Um, I could say maybe that's like another three or four. And then you have your wick and your label. And even if that was super, super high end, like basically it's going to be about 10 bucks 
for everything except the essential oils, like per candle, you're not going to be spending more than that. Um, but where it gets expensive is the essential oils, because for a candle like that, to get something that like has a very significant smell, um, you would want to use about maybe five tablespoons of essential oil, which not not tablespoons. Oh my gosh, um, that would be way too much. Sorry, five teaspoons of essential oil, um, and that depending on the oil, that can be inexpensive. But essential oils do tend to be more expensive than fragrance oils. Um, and just so everyone knows, Heretic Candles, which is the like the vagina candle label, um, they do use all all natural essential oils. They are probably going to be using the most exa expensive example of whatever they're getting because things get more expensive if you are asking about their practices and stuff like that. Um, and also, I did notice that rose is in there. And if there is rose absolute, that is one of the most expensive essential oils. Wow. So basically what I'm... Um, so a lot of the, the essential oil that you find that's rose is rose geranium. Um, and there is some of that in there as well. But yeah, rose absolute is, is harder to find and it is more expensive. So I, I'm not sure if they use that in there. But if they did, that would definitely make that a pretty expensive candle to make. Um, and then you also also have to remember this is a partnership. So like they have to pay Heretic Candles a commission for everything before they make money. So it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, this is a really expensive candle because it's made out of really expensive bougie shit. It doesn't need to be that expensive, but that's what they chosen to do. And it might be overpriced, but it's probably not that overpriced. I'm sorry. It's just not as a person mm -hmm. who makes things like it's like when you look at like a linen top that's $50, that's reasonably priced. Like it's th things that are expensive materials. Unfortunately, there's a supply chain that they have to take into consideration. Um, I would say a lot of the things that Goop does uh, champion and even create are insanely overpriced. <laughs> but the vagina candle, it's gotten so much press. Um, it's It's not that bad. So yeah. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to like go into that a little bit because everyone, like anytime I looked into Goop at all, it was like the vagina candle had to be mentioned. And so I felt like I needed to mention it, but I also was like, this is not a big deal and people are making it to a big deal. So like, calm down guys, it was a joke. It's, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and also maybe make them out of beeswax. Uh, oh, by the way, when you're making essential oils, it takes a whole lot of plant to get a little bit of essential oil. Mm -hmm. um, so like when you have like a shampoo that you bought for like three or $4, that has a fragrance oil in it. It doesn't have essential oil in it. So that's the difference. And that's why things with essential oils cost a lot more money, just so people know. Uh, so, so really here to bring down that cost, you'd have to de-incentivize, by the way, you're muted. Um, to bring down that cost, they'd have to de-incentivize synthetics and kind of like in incentivize uh, sustainable products in a bigger way. So that's kind of a bigger issue that is more about like trade laws and that kind of stuff. And it's not something that Goop could or should solve. So anyway, oh, there are there are a couple stories of these candles exploding, which is another reason that they were um, really big. But OK, like it just OK. One of them, the guy had uh, burn them for three hours. It does say on the Heretics website not to burn them for longer than two hours. He had also burned it when he wasn't anywhere. He wasn't near it, I guess. So they're like, well, we said don't burn it unattended and not for over two hours. And also, why would you buy a $75, $75 candle? 
and then light it and then leave for three hours. Leave it Like that doesn't like... make any sense. Yeah. The only reason you're doing that is maybe so you can sue Goop. So honestly, there's, there's that. Um, <laughs> then there's also another one which looks like it did legitimately explode, but I think unfortunately it was not a candle. Like <laughs> Goop said that they couldn't find it in their records and uh, like that's totally possible. So it could have been a knockoff. And also there is some danger when you're burning candles, if you burn them for a long time, um, when the wax goes down, you end up overheating the glass. And so if the glass, like that's why you, like the shorter squat candles can sometimes be a little bit better for that, um, especially with the multi-wick because it's not heating that glass so much. Um, mm -hmm. So really there's a lot of candles where glass could explode if you're burning it for a long time, especially if that glass is thin. So uh, like sure, Maybe, but if that candle did come from them, then Heretic should be sued, not Goop, because Heretic is, the, th that's the company that makes the candles. They put that responsibility on themselves. And if they make candles, they should know that kind of stuff and put the warnings on. So I guess it comes down to whether or not there were warnings, but. Can I give a quick life hack that I yeah for myself recently? So we have a lot of candles because we're really into the hashtag self-care <laughs> stuff. But you get to a point where there's wax, but the wick won't stay lit anymore. So what you do is you pour boiling water into the jar, get all the wax out because it'll float to the top, and then you can put that wax on your wax melter, which lasts yeah. forever. It doesn't go away. I, I usually, I usually will, like, once candles burn down, I will take a knife and just try to chip out the pieces of wax and then I'll melt them all down and make new candles. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. that easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, honestly, if you're not mixing different kinds of wax, like you, you can use the bits and dregs of the ends of your candles. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's also not hard to make candles. Um, it's going to be a lot. Like if you batch make a bunch of candles, especially if you're using essential oils, it's going to be a lot less expensive than buying each candle because, because they do get marked up a lot. Anyway. Um, all right. So are you ready to be real mad at Gwyneth Paltrow? Always. <laughs> Cause now is that time. Um, so I, yeah, after we, after we said some nice things and we were like, okay, come on, you gotta like, look at this with a grain of salt, all that. Now we're going to say some things about Gwyneth Paltrow that are not, as good and it's all about the stuff that she has promoted it is not i'm not attacking her as a person it is about stuff that she has promoted so the first thing that i want to talk about are the vaginal eggs I'm sorry. <clears throat> do you know anything what? about these i don't know if i want so, to basically there it's like an oval it's like a stone that's in an egg shape um but it's uh there's jade and then one of them's rose quartz and they had all of these claims about them about how they would like balance your hormones and that they would help with i think one of those they would help with menstrual cramps and then the jade one and this one really got me was the jade one apparently was supposed to help with depression and i was like go fuck yourself you can't this say that taking like the crystal <laughs> stuff that people in california tend to be into and just inserting it in your body <laughs> like that's okay not... and and also the thing is, if you want to use crystals for healing, 
sure, okay, like, you can do that, you can go get some crystals, you can, like, you know, like, go get a Wiccan book and do some witchy magic, okay? Like, sometimes that's what you need to get yourself on course, but, like, the the LA crystal healing method seems to be very problematic. This one is real bad because, as I said before, vaginal eggs. That just sounds like, gross, too. So they sell the, th- these eggs. Okay, so they made these wild claims, which they actually, uh, they were fined because you can't, you, that's not allowed. You can't say that putting an egg in your vagina is going to help, uh, not an egg, sorry. It's just, it's a piece of, right, you can't say putting a piece of rose quartz in your vagina is going to help balance your hormones. Like that is obviously not true. Um, I do have a pretty great response from a doctor um, that I'm going to post on the website. It's too long to read here, but it is just chef's kiss um, about this because it, it is ridiculous to do this. And 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 some people, some very few select people might be sitting there thinking, but there are sex toys and that are actually specifically designed for you to like put them in your body and do that and like carry them around, that kind of stuff. Those are made of silicone. <laughs> They are very, they're much easier to clean uh, than some kind of raw material that is a gemstone um, or it's like a semi-precious stone. Um, So like jade and rose quartz, even though you can't see it, they are porous. (laughs) And so bacteria will get in there and it just creates like a breeding ground. It's really like, it's just gross to think of doing that. So anything you put in your vagina, like if... If it's a tampon, it's there to absorb things and then take them away. Like, not to be, like, a thing you put in and then you take out, then you put in, then you take out. Like, you know, so, like, there's that. But also, like, in general, I would recommend that everyone who is maybe frustrated with tampons try the menstrual cup because we both found it to be uh, a lot better and a lot less sort of chafy, I would say. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so just not, 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 not big fans here of putting things up there that don't need to be up there. That can lead to yeast infections, UTIs, bacterial infections, all kinds of just like nasty, bad stuff um, that is not going to help you, especially if what you were trying to solve was like menstrual cramps or your hormone imbalance. It's gonna make you feel a lot worse if you're also dealing with bacterial infection. Again, a balanced system all on its own. They're still selling these. They've taken down the, the, the claims that... They've mostly taken down the claims that can't be specified. There's some weird woo-woo stuff about energy, but uh, <laughs> but it's crystals. not like a specific claim. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah. So like there's, there's going to be some of that when you're buying crystals anyway, but they've taken down some of the specific claims about things that they can do. But what they seem to be saying is that like somehow... Oh, by the way, they were fined $145,000. I don't know if I said that. It doesn't seem like a huge amount, but it was in the it early days of It seem like that much compared to what yeah. she's making off of the company. Exactly. Um, and also, they're still selling them, <laughs> uh, which is irritating because cause my whole thing is like, okay, if they don't have those magical properties, what are they supposed to do? Um, well... What they say is that it helps strengthen your pelvic floor as part of a, quote, Kegel-like, unquote, exercise. But the thing is, if you take away the egg, you're just doing Kegels. So I don't understand what the egg is actually doing. Like, it's not heavy enough to create resistance, and you don't need resistance, honestly. Like, you you, can also... And if anyone doesn't know what Kegels are, it's where you you squeeze your... Basically, the muscles... Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Some people will tell you to 
go pee and then stop peeing and then the muscles you squeeze are your pelvic mu are, are those muscles you're doing kegels mm -hmm. with that's true but don't do that because it's not good for you just let yourself keep peeing until you're done oh. um but those muscles yeah yeah exactly um i i didn't know that either but those muscles that you um that you would squeeze if you needed to stop peeing like those just squeeze those muscles and that's you're doing kegels as you're squeezing always... them together letting them go squeezing them together letting them go I always felt like what <laughs> I wasn't very good at Kegels because I could never like fully stop it. But I think that's because I have a very large bladder. So all of my pee is a very forceful <laughs> pee. And, like, it's okay that I couldn't keep up with it because it was like, no, yeah. we're not stopping this. Yeah. Like that's a really good illustration for someone, for, for them to be able to figure out really quick, like, okay, that is what this exercise does, but apparently that, that can also you. lead to infection. So yeah. So just don't do that. But like, if you, if you have those muscles, you, you can just, just squeeze the muscles in your vagina and you'll know what I mean. Uh, anyway, up, so that's what Kegels are. <laughs> look up Kegel like stretches and exercises on YouTube because you yeah. don't have to be naked to see them. Like people would be like do and this with your there's body. very scientific like yeah there's very scientific explanations from people who are actual med medical professionals who can tell you how to do that you yes. don't need something in your vagina to do it and it will not make it better uh and yes they do have they do have a thing on their website now that like tells you like oh this is how you have to clean it you know and they give you all these like <laughs> instructions for that to help mitigate the bacteria thing but like the main thing is there is no point to this product, so yeah. don't buy it. And hey, they're respectively they're sixty five six and fifty five dollars, I believe. So hey, I'm out. Uh, anyway, but anyway, so that it literally does nothing. Don't don't get that egg. So that's that's one of the things that we can definitely be mad at Goop about because that's ridiculous and it could cause people to get infections from just following the instructions and using the product. And if you have a product where following the instructions leads you to get an infection, that's not a good product and that should be pulled. So, um, so there's also that. Um, next up is bee sting therapy. <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot to say on this um, other than that there's no evidence that it actually works. Um, and there's no mechanism we can point to about why it would work. Um, it's possible that when you're basically hurting one part of your body, if it's like directed in one area, that more blood flow goes there and it could help out an old injury. I don't know. But like, it seems kind of, it seems very shaky. Um, if anything, it's yeah. not ready. If anything, it's really not ready for for being being out there on a website for just anyone, you know, like this is something we should just do more. We, yeah, we should do more research on it. And also people have died from this. So I, uh, that's yeah. kind of, I was watching the try guys released a video about uh, testing chronic pain uh, products, mm -hmm. like stuff that's supposed to help with chronic pain. And there was one where it's Did like, they test weed. The one smoke, the two of them smoke already. <laughs> so they didn't have to get into that. But oh, okay, there you go. There was one where you like lay down and it's like a mat of like plastic spikes instead of just normal ones. And they said it just like makes your whole back hot. It's like a heating pad. And then they're also, they have like the self cupping method, like the fire. They also have a video mm. where they do fire cupping. And that's kind of the same idea where it brings blood to that Ooh. area, but it's like sucking the whole part of that skin into the cup. Mm -hmm. And you get like whole ass like fire hickeys. <laughs> but they said that helped. So. Yeah. 
That's, oh, uh, yeah, cupping was something that I first learned about because of Gwyneth Paltrow. And it was like because of a picture in a magazine. And they were like, what are those marks on her back? Well, she did this weird thing called cupping, which, of course, now is actually more recognized. I don't know a whole lot about it, though, so I'm not going to speak on Watch it. Watch the but... video. Watch the Try yeah, Guys video. They go, they go into it. Highly recommend. Cool. I'll have to watch that. All right. So the next thing that we need to talk about is yet another unnecessary vaginal punishment. Um, steaming. No. That's right. I forgot it was going to make a sound on my computer, too. Um, yeah. Vaginal steaming. Um, so I'd forgotten about this one, and you can, too, because it's bullshit. Uh, you, you don't need to clean your vagina, like we said before. It does this by itself. It like it's not supposed to smell like a flower. It's supposed to smell like a vagina. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like it won't smell bad or different than it should if you are just like generally healthy. You keeping yourself clean and like you go to the doctor if there's anything weird down there. And when I say keeping yourself clean, like you're washing the things on the outsides, and like you can rinse. You, yeah, exactly. I was saying if you have to move anything, you should only be rinsing. Okay, yes. like sure, you can move stuff around and rinse there, but if you water. have to move like oh. your labia, you then water only. I should have known that this would be so vagina heavy because we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the vaginal steaming is is not. Like, it, it might make you feel a little fresher, but putting more heat and moisture up there is going, like, the only thing that it could, like, maybe nothing will happen and it, that will be fine, or it could lead to more bacteria growth. Um, also, steam burns suck, guys. Yeah. So be real careful with that shit, because people have gotten steam burns from trying to do this. And, and there's no reason to do it. Just take a warm bath. Like, it'll give you all of the things that the steaming of the vagina should do, and it will actually be cleansing. So, like, yeah, take a warm bath, skip the vagina steaming. And, yeah, that's absolutely something we can call out Gwyneth Paltrow for, because it's ridiculous. And if you looked into the science, you would know that. Oh, this one's great. Oh, no. No, this one, this next one. Oh, oh, it's amazing. Okay. So this is from an article from Insider.com. It's about some stickers they were selling. And as I went through it, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize before that Nicole Rosemary Page and NERP from Modern Family is entirely based on Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. Because this sounded like a fake storyline from Modern Family, because it is, but it's also a real storyline in real life that happened to Goop. Um, so these they sold these stickers. <laughs> Uh, they're made by a company called Body Vibes. Uh, they range in price from $60 for a 10-pack to $120 for a 24-pack. They're, tar they're targeted for different issues. There's one for your skin, one for hangovers. They're, they're stickers, literally, they're stickers. Um, one for focus, one for endurance, one for anxiety. Ooh, one for anxiety, treating mental illness with a sticker. Uh, just saying, I wanted to put that out there. Um, so Goop says... <laughs> that the stresses of daily life can throw off our bodies. Uh, oh, sorry, they can throw off our bodies and I quote, ideal energetic frequency. The stickers, the site claims, can quote, rebalance the energy frequency in our bodies, unquote. 
But Jen, Jen Gunter, MD, sorry, I'm reading from the other side of my screen. Um, but Jen Gunter, MD, a doctor who frequently combats shady goop advice, told Insider that the stickers are just as ridiculous as they sound. The term rebalance the energy frequency in our bodies makes literally no sense medically. Sorry, I put literally in there. She just said it makes no sense medically. Um, <laughs> I feel like she would have said literally. <laughs> there is no medical way to measure energy no frequency. So, yeah, she says there is no medical way to measure energy frequency. Gunther also, or not Gunther, it's Gunter. Um, uh, Gunter also questioned how the stickers, supposedly made from, and I quote, the same conductive carbon material NASA uses to line spacesuits, quote, could possibly come. <laughs> okay, and then they say they, they come pre-programmed to an ideal frequency, allowing them to target imbalances. <laughs> what does that mean, Gunter says? How do you program a fabric? <laughs> Gizmodo's Ray Paoletta actually contacted NASA to figure out whether the spacesuit claim was true. Unsurprisingly, a rep said that NASA spacesuits do not have any conductive carbon material. In response, Goop removed the spacesuit claim from its website. Um, there's also, I believe there was someone from NASA who actually called it bullshit as well. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. God. Like, the thing is, that that's one of those, that doesn't even sound like it could possibly be true. So I, th it just seems like they're intentionally taking advantage of consumers with something like stickers for hangovers or oh, stickers for anxiety. With people with mental illness and people with chronic pain, you get to a point where you're like, I'll try anything. I will try anything to make this pain physical or real, mental yeah, go true. away. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it, in a lot of the research that I do for the, the cannabis episodes. Um, I see a lot of people, there'll be like TED Talks and stuff of people being like, I never thought I would be into this, but it like was literally a last resort and it saved my life, you know, like that's the yeah. thing. So it's like, you will try anything, even if you're super against drugs, you might end up doing that. All right. So now we're going to move on to the show um, because when I was watching the show in it, like in and of itself, like there's some stuff to talk about, but I felt like a lot of the stuff to talk about was the lead up and a lot of the other legal stuff that's happened and the other shady stuff so that we know how we got here. So that's kind of all of the stuff that happened before Goop Lab. Now Goop Lab is kind of having a moment on Netflix. A lot of people have been watching it and I watched it too. Um, I initially, like the first couple episodes, I was going to film myself and do like reaction videos and maybe put those on a Patreon. And then I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> because also it, it requires me to then like make myself look presentable and camera ready in a way that like, you know, I just <laughs> don't feel like doing for that. So, so I didn't end up doing that. Uh, but I did, did watch them pretty closely. And then I also researched each episode afterwards. Um, what I'm going to give you here is not, it's not a complete assessment of the whole thing, but it's kind of like the major things that jumped out and whether or not it was problematic because not all of them are, which is nice. There's six episodes. All right. So episode one was called The Healing Trip. Uh, in this one, Goop staffers have been, so this is how they, they get people to do stuff. They, a lot of this stuff is done, maybe almost all of it is done by people who work at Goop. And I'm unclear as to how that process works. Did they volunteer or were they voluntold? Like, did they, 
Like, like, did they feel like they needed to volunteer for at least one of the episodes? Like, was that an expectation? I, I would really like it to be made clear because if they're using their staffers as guinea pigs for this stuff, like some of them might be totally into it, but I just want to make sure that everyone who's doing this stuff is consenting and they seem to be, but there's also like, you know, implied coercion and stuff if your boss is asking you to do stuff. So what I'm saying is like, I have no proof that they did anything unethical in asking these people to do this. And like, it might be totally fine. I'm just like, not sure. So anyway, it was something I noticed I was a little bit concerned about. But anyway, they had all these people who who did seem like they were totally into it. They wanted to go. <laughs> so how do you feel about someone taking their staff? or some of their staff to Jamaica to do mushrooms, like the ethical ramifications of that. Again, it's like, this feels very like LA culture. Like you just know mm-hmm. going in, you're going to be, I think it's a very drug accepting culture. That's true. So for us, if we were on the boat and Billy was like, we're going to go to Jamaica to do mushrooms, we'd be like, no, we're not. Like, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. people working in entertainment, people who need to make content, people who have a deal with a Netflix show might have different priorities. So while like for me, it would sound very strange for them. It might, again, be part of their yeah. normal lifestyle, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I was just interested because I was like, that seems weird. <laughs> like, and the thing is like, that's kind of where I landed on it is like, it seems weird that they use staffers for all this stuff, but also, like, eh? Like, I don't know. Well, what's interesting is, so I was talking to my therapist who has her MSW. She was talking about how you have to be licensed in certain states whenever you mm-hmm. go to, like, take your tests and stuff. It's, like, per state. But she was like, you can pretty much get it anywhere, and then you can retake the, take the tests in different states, and you'll be fine. Just not California, because their laws are, like, way different than everyone else's. So I'm wondering if there's, like, different California code of ethics things going on because of stuff like this. Like, they're like, okay, well, maybe we need to make stuff different. But I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. Possibly. Well, and the thing is, like, like they are they are all adults. Like, so, like, they are all able to consent you know like there's no issue with that i'm i'm just a little bit concerned that maybe some staffers would have felt pressure um but i haven't heard anyone say that so i'm hoping that's not the case i just think it's i i think that they shouldn't have used all staffers and i also think that it does affect the efficacy of their results because those people are going to go in with a vested interest in making sure that this works um, yeah. And there's only there's only really a couple episodes where anyone's skeptical and they kind of don't show a lot of that. And if people don't stop being skeptical, they kind of just cut away. So it's yeah. eh. so anyway, so they went they went to Jamaica and so like Jamaica is over 90 percent black. So you would think that if they were going to Jamaica to go stay with people, because like Jamaica is a place where like magic mushrooms and psilocybin, like that, that has been used uh, medicinally for a long time. I personally think I would probably end up wanting to go to like a practitioner's place who's, you know, learned it from their family and it's been passed down because like, you know, if you're going to do something that's not a, a recognized medicine but might have potential which i honestly really do believe that psilocybin does have medicinal potential maybe go 
a place where it's more practiced um, and all that. And also, if you're going to another country, respect its culture, that kind of stuff. So they took their group, which was, I believe, all white people, and went to the house of some white people. And they all did mushroom tea. Like, it, they, they went to, like, they found white people in Jamaica to host them. And the thing is, like, yeah, sure, maybe these were just people that they already knew. I can't remember exactly what they said about them. But, like, even if they totally know their stuff, that's fucking bullshit, okay? Yeah. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Okay, don't don't go to a, a country that has, like, less than 5% white people and then only interact with white people. Okay, like, like that is not okay. And you can tell very easily that that's not okay. So I don't know how they thought they were going to get away with that. Like, you would have had to seek out said white people if they're only yeah. 5% of the whole population. It's Well, and, and, and also I'm thinking that it was probably someone they knew through someone else. Um, and like, and, and through the whole thing, like the whole episode is so white. They have that one of their experts that they talked to was a person of color. Um, every, and, and it's... You know, and, and I believe he's an American, which is fine. But like, yeah, so so like they're going to Jamaica because of the laws there. But it's like you're also this is in a way cultural tourism, because the reason that it's not um, I just said tourism, um, cultural tourism, <laughs> because the reason that it's not regulated there is probably because it has been used medically and, you know, by like and by healers. So it makes sense to treat it like cultural tourism and say, we are going to go and learn how this is used here culturally and we're going to respect where we're at. And so that was my biggest frustration with the whole <laughs> first episode was just like how white it was when they were like giving lip service to uh, other, like they're they're saying like, oh, indig- indigenous groups have used this stuff for years, but then they kind of like gloss over it and they're like, and eh, now we're doing it and we're all white. Like, come on. Like, don't go to Jamaica and just interact with white people. That's bullshit. So anyway, that's that's my feeling about the first one. Um, the science in it is like, sure, you know, like, <laughs> okay, maybe. Um, <laughs> because the government has done a lot of experimentation on on psychedelics. Um, there has been a lot of research done into psychedelics. We found some promising stuff. We're not really there in terms of how to use it medically, I don't think, um, at least not in the US. And that might be because we're not listening to indigenous cultures. But anyway, so I, I'm just saying like, it's the science is okay. The main thing was the representation was bad. Um, episode two gets a little bit more dicey because that one is a okay. So it's called Cold Comfort, um, and they some goof staffer, staffers and their chief content officer, um, so like big boss in charge, uh, Elise mm-hmm. Lonan, uh, traveled to Lake Tahoe, Nevada, to experience the Wim Hof method. So Wim Hof is a Dutch-born man. Do you know who this is? No, but it you have a look like you might. <laughs> a Dutch-born man sounds problematic. Well, it sounded like, honestly, if I'm being for real, it sounded like an indigenous last name, like a Native American thing. And they were going to go like smoke some stuff in the desert with Native Americans and be like, oh, oh this no, is great. No, 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 no. Wim Hof is Dutch um, and he's it's not at all about drugs. Um, this one is actually about. So it's a breathing technique that also is like that is used in addition to exposure to extreme cold. Um, like repeated exposure to extreme cold for long periods of time. Um, this 
so he he believes that it can help with like fucking everything in your life like and i think he has experienced a lot of really good physical results that have actually been tested um so his method isn't complete bullshit but he also makes a lot of claims that aren't that are that aren't proven and he used science he used the scientific language in a way that shows that he's not he doesn't really know what that word means you know mm. which is and i don't i don't think it's a language thing because his english is very very good like that's i'm not insulting someone who's not a native english speaker because of that like i i think that he's using sciencey language in the way that like goop tends to uh, so according to bbc.com uh, in 2014 researcher dr Matthew cox um, and Professor of Experimental Intensive Care Medicine, uh, Peter Pickers, tested Mr. Hoff's method, giving subjects an injection designed to induce flu-like symptoms. Um, so, so his method is, again, it's the extreme cold and it's breathing exercises. Basically, it mimics hyperventilation, which it's changing your breathing, which you also do when you're meditating. So I'm kind of wondering if it has some of the same properties of meditation and like how it can affect your body. But um, but anyway, so he's doing those kinds of things and they actually had people do an experiment on other people using these methods, um, which is a good way to do it for control. Um, it, they did find that those who had been trained in the Wim Hof method, uh, because they had some who had been trained and some who hadn't, um, but they were injected with these, like basically you're going to get a cold. Um, they showed fewer symptoms and they appeared to demonstrate an ability to control their nervous system's response. So basically like it does look like what he does for his body and like his method for breathing and all that, it can be really helpful. I don't think it has been studied enough to make a bunch of the claims that they have been making, but it, it has been said about him um, by a doctor who studied him. Through extensive practice of his suite of breathing and cold exposure techniques, he has modified how key areas of his brain respond to cold. Um, the ability to activate such deep regions may have positive effects in areas relating to psychological imbalances relating to mood and anxiety and physiological processes related to autoimmune disease. Of course, techniques that do not fall within the domain of traditional medicine deserve the same degree of scientific evaluation and scrutiny as those that do. So that's kind of what I get there is I'm just like, yeah, so we have to test this stuff and not just say, oh, this is great. Because right now what we have is anecdotal evidence that suggests that this might be really good for stuff. But before we can indiscriminately say, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, we really need to study it more, uh, especially because a lot of the people who end up going to these extreme lengths to solve whatever it is that their issue is, whether that's like anxiety. One of the staffers said she had a lot of panic attacks. Um, like some of these things, like they are like, like, as you said, mentally ill people will try fucking anything. And like, and this person with the panic attacks actually said that it really helped her and that she could use the breathing techniques, uh, in order to help the panic attacks go away. So it's something that I think like, honestly, there could be a lot of great stuff to it, but I think that they're pushing it too hard right now. Like, I, I think more needs to happen in terms of education. And they also need to figure out how to do it without anyone dying because that's happened. Um, I believe to date four people have died um, from this method. I, I think one person was alone and three people were like together in a pool. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. So 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 that's why now at least he he does give just like not disclaimers but he does give the advice like, like don't don't do this alone don't do this in water etc but like okay so it has to be <laughs> like basically you have to have someone supervising you who's not also doing the method um in order for it to be safe and like they have to be able to get you to 
medical attention if you need it, especially if you're doing that intense cold, and especially if you're doing it for some kind of reason that has to do with your health. So like really anyone trying this, be super, 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 super careful. And also like just, okay, here, employ, employ the uh, rules that I give myself if I wanna cook something and I'm a little bit stoned. <laughs> if, if I want to cook something and I'm a little bit stoned, I think to myself, okay, I'm not going to use any fire, like, because we have gas, we have a gas uh, range, because that's dangerous, because I don't have the same reaction time. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I can use like the toaster oven, I can use the oven, but only if Chris is home, because I don't want to leave the oven on for lots and lots of time, etc. So I have to like, I always like make a plan to be like, how can I do this in a way that if I forget something, that the whole fucking house isn't going to burn down, you know? Do you, do you like Chris know whenever you're stone baking stuff or stone cooking? Oh, oh, oh he, he knows. You don't have to tell <laughs> yeah, him. No, he, no, yeah, no, he knows. It's, oh yeah, no, I think it's pretty obvious when I'm like, you know, stone and I want to bake. Like that's, it's a thing, but like, <laughs> it's a thing where I'm consciously thinking about how can I do this thing that inherently could be dangerous in a safe way? Didn't <laughs> so, you make us that, That's kind like, of what I would say if you're looking at the Wim Hof stuff. What? You made us like chocolate and either raspberry or strawberry mousse in the morning when I was at your house one time. And you were like, I'm making this because I know I'm going to smoke later. I'm going to want some munchies. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Yeah, I... Well, yeah, I, I will plan later and be like, you know, basically, you know what, to be a good, effective stoner who still gets things done, you just got to make plans. Um, and then, and in order to do the Wim Hof method, I would say you should please make a plan and make sure that someone is there to help you out and be there if you experience any issues. Because as I say, people have died from this. I will say on, on Wim Hof's behalf uh that the stuff that like there is scientific benefit that is here i wish he wouldn't make like huge huge claims about it but like this is definitely something that should be studied um and at least in the series he seemed to be trying to like have them do it in a responsible way and it seemed like people were all okay with it and they did a a good job like it seemed like it was fine in there i just want to in the context of the show it was okay but i just yeah I, I want to give people a little bit of pause before they try these breathing techniques because like just because some of the science is good doesn't mean all of it is and it's one of those things that goop keeps doing over and over again is being like this is amazing it's a miracle when it's really like okay this is fine maybe it's good for a lot of stuff we have to study it so anyway moving on after we were just a little bit more mean we're going to be real nice about this next one uh because it was a really good episode. Episode three is called The Pleasure is Ours. And the whole thing is about pleasure. It is specifically centered around female pleasure. Although um, this stuff is applicable to anyone who has those same parts. So if you have a vulva and a clitoris, like it, you know, like they don't talk about trans men or non-binary people, but they're also not being like actively exclusionary. Um, I just want to say like, hey, this can't apply to everyone. And they actually have some pretty like useful stuff in there. So I would definitely say watch it uh, because it's informative and like there's definitely some uncomfortable parts and there's like some silliness. But I did see enjoy. Oh, sorry, I did see enjoying. Um, I did enjoy seeing women talking <laughs> about their feelings and talking about sex and their bodies and like being able to do so in a way that was 
unguarded and seemed like it was like helpful for them and cathartic um as we both know yeah authentic um yeah women are discouraged from talking about sex just because it's like unladylike whatever that means or like less moral and that's bullshit just because oh i just got um i got an invitation to a wedding awesome my cousin's getting married so honestly i thought the episode was good because it was exciting to see women being able to talk about that stuff in a setting where they were not being talked over or shushed or whatever, you know, they were just allowed to say what they wanted to say, whether it was something that was negative about themselves or positive or whatever. So, so I think that's really good. They definitely could have expanded and talked about like, you know, the different experiences of women in different races when it comes to sex, but they're also short episodes. I, I, I can I can give them this one, you know, because like you can't put everything in every episode. You can only put like what you can fit. And with what they were doing, they they, they did a, a decent job, I think. Uh, so, you know, like there's definitely more that could be done, but I think there's still a lot of cool things. There's a couple things, though. This is where we found out that possibly Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know the difference between a vagina and a vulva. Like, she just apparently thought the vulva was the whole... Or thought the vulva... Thought the vagina was the whole thing. Nope. Or... Or she pretended she didn't in order to help with the education process, which I think is much more likely. I'm um, gonna go with I don't that think one. it... Because the thing is, you can't... You can't be so interested in women's in like women's bodies as like a subject and stuff and like even though she is into the some pseudoscience stuff that's not proved like i find it highly unlikely that she would have gotten to this point and been like interested in knowing things about vaginas and not have found out that like the vulva and the vagina are not the same thing and that it's not right. all the same yeah so I kind of think that she was like, I'm going to play the the dumb ditzy one to ask the question so that we can address this. Um, and I think there's definitely a place for that. And I think that that's a cool thing that she's willing to do that because she's definitely shows in this that she's totally willing to look stupid. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we tend to forget about her is that she does she does kind of deal well with getting like embarrassed and doing silly stuff. So um, so I would say that, that that's a good thing. Um but I don't think they did it particularly well. I think that she should, she could have been like, like, oh, one of the first things I heard that blew my mind was that vagina wasn't the whole name for that. Can you expand on that, Betty Dodson? Um, because Betty Dodson is the woman who yeah. is leading all this stuff. So, so yeah. Anyway, it could have been done differently, but whatever. So like, <laughs> just I, I, I would say it's probably not a great move for Gwyneth to, to, to reveal to us that she doesn't know that or to pretend that she doesn't. But whatever the case. Uh, still a good episode i will say the one thing that i didn't really like was when there were close-ups of vaginas that i was not prepared for <laughs> like, oh no <laughs> I, I would like i would like to be before i see any genitalia like and okay and I, I actually do think it had a place in this episode i don't think it was just gratuitous i think that it that these pictures were there because they wanted to show everyone like like we're putting our money where our mouth is like like vaginas are okay look here are different vaginas like these that's... are all fine and, and that that's okay i just want a warning before i see it because seeing any genitalia suddenly is not super fun i don't think 
I could wax poetic about like the you know about the way people feel in like a sexual context about vaginas but like just in general like any kind of genitalia up close is not going to be like super attractive and like it is a little bit jarring because we are are all kind of like wired to be like if I'm watching Netflix I'm probably not going to see a vagina so like suddenly seeing it is kind of like that's aggressive Luna. Uh, so, so just Luna what are you doing I can't see hope Jesus, anymore stop <laughs> hold on a second Oh my god. She just lay down on the laptop and like pulled the whole screen down because she's still very sleepy. Anyway, sorry. Silly. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I, the, the, the only other thing I could, so, so the vagina thing was kind of funny to me like after I got used to the fact that vaginas were going to be on screen. <laughs> like it was kind of funny but it honestly reminded me of, um, <coughs> have you seen the old Greg video? Of course I have. <laughs> yeah. So so you know when he's like, you know what I call this? Bailey's. You know what I call this? Bailey's a little bit bigger. You know what I call this? As close as you can get to Bailey's without your eyes getting wet. Like well, kind of <laughs> like I, I totally like like when all these vaginas were flashing on screen, I got this feeling that in the goop office, like when a Paltrow is rounded around, like, no what I call this one? Vagina. No what I call this one? Vagina a little bit closer. No what I call this one? Close as you can get to your vagina without your eyes getting wet. <laughs> like it's just I'm gonna hurt you. What? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> could you learn to love me so anyway like i'm just picturing like this weird like gwyneth paltrow old greg showing everyone paintings of vaginas that are like more and more up and actually they're vulvas because i've been saying vagina the whole time but yeah but just anyway I, so there's that can i give two things about gwyneth paltrow that i've seen recently where i've been like okay you are extremely out of touch i think what started this let's do that at the end Oh, okay. I thought we, I thought, okay, go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're not at the end. We have three more episodes that I want to just quickly talk about, and then we okay. can do final thoughts, I think. So episode four was, it's called The Health Span Plan. This episode is centered around a specific product, um, and they have like people there who are selling the product. Um, it's a food kit that mimics fasting while you're still taking in small amounts of food. So basically, you're getting all the nutrients you need. So you're not your body's not doing the same things as fasting, but it's doing a lot of the it's getting a lot of the benefits of fasting basically because you're almost fasting but not quite. Mm -hmm. um, it's prohibitively expensive for most people I know, but they also don't prove that it's a great product. So, hey, whatever. Um, basically, the experiment was that the three women were put on different diets and different facial treatments. Um, they tested their biological ages before and after, and then they talked about their experiences and their results. Okay, right off the bat, I did look into it. Biological age is apparently a real thing. Apparently, it's measured by a bunch of different factors. However... In this this episode of the show, they did not tell us what those factors were. So they didn't use any transparency. So I'm not convinced of what they were doing and if it's accurate. So it's kind of unfortunate that it starts out with something where I'm like, well, you haven't convinced me of the starting point. So you're not going to convince me of anything else, basically. But yeah. that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But anyway, so there's that. I also do want to acknowledge that this was done for a short period of time. So uh, the the product that they're selling is like a five-day sort of quasi-fast thing. Um, the other people were on their diets for, I forget if it was two or three weeks. I'm going to say three just to give them like, yeah, more credibility. But anyway, that's not a long enough time to actually see a huge difference. 
Like, I don't know what markers they're looking at. Maybe they saw a difference and it was demonstrable. If so, I'd love to see that. I would love to see, like, the transparent science behind it. But they they really didn't make the case for it. They they had them go on these diets for a couple of weeks. And the thing is, like, being on a, di- a different diet for a couple of weeks might change some things about you. It's not going to physiologically... God damn it. I just had two different messages from family members in, like, five minutes that that never happens it's insane uh so i don't know what to do i threw my phone across the room not because i'm mad at them just because i can't deal with it right now um because i need to deal with going to Faltrow. yeah uh, so so yeah so i'm not it's hard to say if the the results are even valid because we don't know what they're basing it off of and they're also doing this for a very short period of time okay but here's what happened at least I'm going to say Lonan. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce her last name. If it's not, I'm, I apologize, Elise. Um, uh, Elise Lonan, the chief content officer, uh, went on a pescatarian diet and got acupuncture in her face, which is supposed to like boost collagen production, that kind of stuff. Wendy Laria, Goop's VP of marketing, went on a vegan diet and got facial threading. And Gwyneth Mm -hmm. Paltrow went on the special five day product thing that they're trying to sell and she got a vampire facial uh now this is a process where they take blood out of not your face but your arm um <laughs> and then they put that through a um, i think a lot of people think with vampire facials they this, they draw blood and they put the blood on your face um that's not really what's happening that's very elizabeth bathory um or Erzsébet Bathory, if you like the uh the hungarian pronunciation uh because i'm a horror nerd anyway uh (laughs) so it's not just putting blood on your face by the way there's an actual countess like who historically thought that was a thing that would make her look younger so like that's what i was referring to anyway uh but that's not what they're doing they are running the blood through a machine uh that if anyone has ever been poor enough to donate plasma which i have i have a scar from donating plasma because i did it a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if anyone's ever done that um you know that there's a machine where uh that can separate your red blood cells from your plasma rich uh, or platelet rich plasma um and so the the plasma is basically it's like a yellowy color kind of um and then you have your red blood cells which are separated from it um i don't know if they gave her her red blood cells back but they would always do that to me at the plasma place and always made me feel cold um but yeah. anyway that wasn't in there but uh, it, it's just because it's not all of your blood and yeah i don't know but anyway, then they microneedle your face, um, which they have like a special little machine for it. And like, apparently it doesn't hurt a lot. It's like creating kind of like very tiny little cuts um, that's supposed to kind of kickstart your face to heal itself. And then they put the plasma on, which is supposed to help the healing and basically make it heal better. Yeah, I know. Um, so apparently the proponents of these facials say it improves skin tone and texture and that it reduces the appearance of fine lines and leads to younger looking skin. Um, okay, maybe. Um, oh, by the way, the, the microneedling that the other one did, um, because like, like we actually do know that acupuncture does have some, um, some benefits to it. Um, but the, the one, the microneedling thing is actually not a good thing. Please don't go do that. Uh, it doesn't have enough benefits to be worth the risk of infection. Um, it really won't last that long. So basically they they didn't say that on the show, but basically just don't, don't do that. It's, don't just don't do it. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it, it's not it's not going to do much for you. I would say just go get acupuncture instead. 
Hi guys, Editing Rosie here, and I just wanted to let you know that when I said microneedling earlier, what I meant was facial threading. Uh, microneedling was part of the process that Gwyneth was getting done on her vampire facial, and the facial threading was what Wendy Laria was getting, and that is the one I have major issue with. That is the one that is not worth the risk of infection. Thank you. Again, short amount of time that these guys were doing this. Um, the result was that, um, surprise, surprise, Gwyneth had, uh, her biological age had decreased and it had decreased the most because she used the product that they're trying to sell. Again, I would oh. love to see what markers they are using because I don't believe you if you're not showing me and you're also trying to sell a product at the same time. Yeah. So I am very skeptical of that and so should you be. Uh, <laughs> also, so then the next one down, um, Elise, the one who went on the pescatarian diet, which for everyone who may not know, that is vegetarian, not vegan, so you can still have uh, like dairy and stuff. And then you can also have fish. Um, she she kind of like had, she kind of complained about it in a way where I was like, this is not that hard. I don't know why you're being complaining. <laughs> but anyway. That's, I, I think she might be a privileged person too, although not on the same level as Gwyneth. Um, but again, hey, I don't know how she was raised. So, and so there's that. Anyway, then, and then Wendy, the marketing VP, uh, went on the vegan diet and she had the, the facial threading and she didn't see any difference. Or maybe she looked, or maybe they said she was older. I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was either no difference or it was like slightly older, but it was basically that she didn't like her biological age didn't get younger, which is the whole thing that they want, which I'm not convinced is the best thing in the world. But I guess, I guess if what you mean by biological age is that like you're healthier when you're younger, then I suppose that's good. But I don't know if that's how the human body always works, but yeah. Anyway, so there's all of this, all of this is very kind of like, oh, it's very speculative because like I have yeah. no idea if their if their measurement of bio biological age actually lines up with any medical professionals like they also said if you use the the cleanse thing for longer than five days it would probably start being dangerous for you um so it's a thing it's not like a long-term solution it's like you spend 250 dollars on five days worth of food which is not like it's not food food in the way you think of it like it's not um it's not like HelloFresh or like Green mm. Chef or like whatever, where it shows up at your door Literally and it's different. food. It's like, it is a box of packets. <laughs> and so like the soup was packets. And I remember like at some point, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was just like, I, I have major issues with the mushroom soup. And I was like, man, I hear you because mushrooms do not reconstitute well. No. Okay. It's really hard to reconstitute a, <laughs> a dried mushroom and make it really, really good. So anyway, so I, I did kind of feel bad for her then, but then I was like, oh, I don't need to because <laughs> it was her choice to do this. So anyway, so I think that if they had transparency about like how they were calculating this stuff, I might buy into it a little bit more, but because they don't really tell you any of the specifics that could validate it, it seems like bullshit. So yeah that's what i've got then we have episode five which is definitely bullshit <laughs> so uh from an article in the bbc uh it says paltrow enlists the help of quote body worker and chiropractor john amaral to showcase his uh his treatments which they're, they're calling it an energy exorcism i don't think he uses those words so i'm not going to put that on him um it's because i think he just he says he's doing body work or whatever but anyway so um, he suggests it can release stress and trauma. The practice of energy healing is based around the theory that physical and mental ailments can be treated by manipulating the energy field around a person's body. Currently, there is no scientific evidence proving such energy exists. So 
Oh, I guess Julianne Huff called it an energy exorcism, and that's why they're calling it that. Um, anyway, so Gwyneth Paltrow decided to do it, and she claimed afterwards that it helped cure her of trauma related to her emergency cesarean. Which, what? like, I don't... Okay, and you should watch this, because it's, like... It, oh, it's ridiculous. I, I should have had you watch a video of it before, but like basically what it is, is there's like four people in a room on tables because he's like treating all of them at once, which is convenient because you make a lot more money that way. Uh, but, but anyway, so he's treating them all at once. They're all lying on a table, which like if you're lying in like a very relaxed pose. Sure, that could have some benefits for you, like especially if you're dealing with mental health issues because you're giving yourself time to kind of like, you know, like take a deep breath and relax. So like, I, I just want to give that to people to start with to be like, there could be some like re relaxation meditation that is not at all related to what he is doing that might be giving people real benefits. But, but then he basically goes around and he's doing weird, like, like I say, oh, I did send you a little video because you said you thought it was something else because it looked more suggestive. I sent you the video of Gwyneth Paltrow getting like he, when he was like kind of touching her, but not really. It's oh like that thing God. you do on the, okay. Yes. So, so I described I described this to Hope as it reminded me of like on the school bus or whatever, when you're like giving people chills, like you like run your fingers like down your friend's back and it gives them chills. And you're like, Ugh. I said, yeah. this looks like the beginning <laughs> of a very different kind of internet yeah. video. I was like, Rosie, what, what did you send me and why? <laughs> and then it was fine. I, I sent you GP sex tape. I mean, that's what it was. No, I'm kidding. Uh, as far as I know, she doesn't have a sex tape. But, uh, but yeah, yes. so, so I, I did send a clip of this to Hope because I was watching it and I was like this is stupid but uh but yeah she's basically like he's he's kind of like he'll like barely touch people in some areas and then he'll like wave his hands over and he's like oh you can feel the energy four feet off their body which like no no that's not true at all um so he's like saying all of this stuff which it's frustrating because like he's a chiropractor so like you'd think that he would be more scientific about this stuff but but anyway so he's saying that all this energy field stuff blah 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 um, he bases some of his alleged science on the double slit experiment. Um, now, I don't know enough about the process and the findings of the double slit experiment to be able to explain it to you guys. And neither does John Amaral, <laughs> despite the fact that he thinks he does. I read and listened to enough explanations of it to realize that Amaral is misapplying the theory but I'm not conversant enough in the science to be able to explain it. So what I'm going to have you guys do is after you listen to this episode, please go to our website. Um, there is a quantum physicist named Philip Moriarty who does a lot of like explaining physics stuff uh, online in a way that's a little bit more, it's a little bit more easy to understand, but it's not dumbed down because a lot of the points he makes are like, you kind of can't dumb it down to a certain point, um, and if you do, you're going to start saying things that aren't actually true, you know? Like, if you oversimplify things, you start saying things that uh, don't agree with physics. And that's kind of how this stuff happens, I think. Anyway, so John Amaral should study quantum physics. If he's going to be talking about the double slit theory, he should go get a degree in this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, if he does study quantum physics, it will debunk his whole method. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so it is frustrating. But anyway, this I, I would say definitely go watch Philip Moriarty because he explains what you know from looking at it, which is this isn't legit, honestly. Like, like you see people reacting 
But the point that Dr. Moriarty makes is what I would also say, which is how much of that is external stimuli uh, from mm -hmm. the room that they're in, the thing that they're lying on, the, like, like all of the things that come together. Um, and so what he said was, this could all be a lot of power of suggestion because when someone is so far, like four feet away from you, like, no, they don't, they don't have a connection with your body, um, which is yes. like the argument that, that this guy is saying. So um, what the physicist said is do a control experiment, which they've never done, do a controlled experiment, put headphones on the people so they can't, you know, hear what you're saying, or they can't, you know, they're just listening to music or whatever, and make sure that they can't see you coming and that they can't get any cues from you. And if it still works, then we need to look into it. And then this like energy field stuff might be possibly true. Yes. But from all of the quantum physics out there, it's not true. So yes, yeah. So there's that. And then the last episode, which is like the shortest because, oh, my God, um, it's called Are You Into It? And th so basically they get crazier as it goes on. This one is basically like what I wrote in my notes is in this episode, Goop pretends that all mediums are real, definitely, and that we can all be one. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. They're like one more time. It's Goop pretends that all mediums are definitely real and that we can all be one because, you know, mediums who tell you things about. I, about your dead relatives and I, like okay a lot of this stuff has been debunked and I know that people will still watch this episode and be like oh but she comes up with all this amazing stuff and I'm like does she does she come up with it or is she making very educated guesses and making reactions based off of what people are doing because every time someone reacts to something they don't necessarily know that they're reacting so that's how right. That's how mediums tend to work. Like, and I, 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 I'm not, I'm not someone who is going to poo-poo everything spiritual. I'm not, but nothing about this episode proved that mediums are real. And it actually just made them look really stupid for thinking so, honestly. Um, there, there was a, there is a section, like, I'm sorry if you're a medium, if you have real powers, like, hey, maybe that's a real thing. I, I do not believe that this woman does. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, they, they, they take these people to a medium. They're all like open-minded. There's one skeptic there. She, she wants to believe, in my opinion, it looks like she wants to believe that this stuff does exist and it is real in some way and that maybe she's just not sensitive to it. Like she's really trying. Yeah. Like when she's talking to the medium, she's like, well, but maybe just like everyone can't do it, right? You know, and the medium's like, no, everyone can. And it's just like, oh my God, this person is like spoon feeding you away yeah to explain away any worries and issues they have and you're just rejecting it yeah. so it's just it's it's silly like the whole like the last episode is just incredibly silly and whether or not you believe that mediums are doing legitimate things which like i hey it's possible okay like whether or not you believe that they're doing legitimate things they actually are contacting the dead or whatever it is like telling your future i'm not sure exactly what the difference is between a medium and a psychic but medium medium talks to dead people and a psychic will tell you about your future oh thanks all right so there you go so if you were a medium or a medium or you someone who believes in that stuff i'm not saying that it's definitely not true but one thing that i am saying is they didn't prove anything in this episode <laughs> and they didn't make 
they didn't make any case for mediums. And if anything, they're just going to make people laugh at them more, honestly. So it's not, it didn't help anyone, I guess, as I'm looking at this episode, is I really just like think it was silly. Like there's also one time where she's trying to read someone and she's getting nowhere. And then they're like, oh, we think you were reading one of the crew members. And like, hey, maybe that was a thing, but like, mm, okay, like, why didn't you do like set up a camera in a room with just you two? then so that you wouldn't read a crew member but they didn't do that so it's a thing where like okay clearly you can't read everyone and that's yeah. kind of the only thing that the skeptic was saying but yeah anyway so like the last episode is the silliest of all of them it doesn't really make me mad because i think that believing in that kind of stuff is kind of either like it, it's a personal thing it's like you do or you don't or maybe you're kind of wishy-washy but like most people know where they fall and they aren't easily convinced of one way or yeah. the other. But the other stuff, the health stuff that's dangerous, that stuff is bad. So, like, like they can keep the medium episode, but they need to take off the... Like, if they, if they wanted to, like, actually say, like, we're only going to leave the stuff on that's really scientific. They need to take off all of episode five because it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so... My final thoughts basically are like Gwyneth has always been rich and to some extent she's always been famous or been adjacent to famous people. So she's not going to be normal or reasonable until she like realizes, oh, I'm not like other people and I want to figure out how to do that. And I want to she... figure out like what other people are really like. And maybe she doesn't want to and she doesn't have to. She so. so I would recommend my shout out for this week is going to be the Gwyneth Paltrow armchair expert episode because that really mm -hmm. humanized her for me. However, at the same time, oh, that's good. There's this guy. He he's an Indian guy on. I, he comes up on my Facebook watch where he like reviews like makeup TikToks and stuff and like skincare and he's like, don't mm -hmm. do this. Like this is really bad. And he was watching her do her skincare routine and she only put sunscreen on like the highlights of her face. Oh and yeah. He was like. She's not doing anything. She's putting it on like it's concealer. You need to be putting that on like whole fistfuls like on your face. Like yeah. that's not doing anything. Just because it's a place that doesn't like get burned a lot doesn't mean your skin isn't. It's uh, not like, safe. like just because you can't see the sunburn doesn't mean you aren't getting one. Right. Yeah. And that's then <sighs> the thing that came out recently where it was like Gwyneth Paltrow said that she reached the point in quarantine where she had a piece uh. of bread. And I was like. Have we not all been baking bread this whole time? Like, where have you yeah, been? Uh, no, apparently some of us have been on a cleanse the whole time. I don't know. She Okay, so she's not. constantly saying, she's constantly saying through, like, at least the first couple of episodes, I noticed it seemed like she was just on a cleanse the whole time. And I was like, did you not, like, plan for this? You knew you were going to be on camera. And, like, there's literally a time where they were, like, talking to Wim Hof, who is, like, the, the guy, the cold comfort guy. Um, he wanted to like do some breathing exercises with them and like show them how it could help stamina for exercising. So he was like having them do push-ups, and she was like, "I'm on a cleanse. I can't even walk from here to there." Like, it's just like, okay, if that's true, that's you're not, a not healthy, hun. That's, that's yeah, starving like, yourself. Is, like, it, okay, and, and cleanses. By the way, like I know Gwen is a big proponent of cleanses, and so she probably isn't. Like They're she's probably going to think that I'm stupid for saying this, but like, yeah. To be honest, yeah. If you're just depriving your body of everything, like, like you're going to experience some benefits from it, depending on what benefits you want to see. Sure, but like that's not what any reasonable doctor recommends. The nutritionists that I've seen are like, if you have a liver, 
and a kidney, your body is cleansing itself. You're yeah. fine. Like, I would recommend everybody try going off sugar yeah. completely because that made me feel amazing. Like, if you're trying to give up processed yeah. sugar, great. I would call that like a like an addiction yeah. cleanse almost because it has the same properties as other addictions. But like, yeah, there's that's true. nothing. Sugar is very addictive. And you know she's yeah. eating vegan when she's not cleansing. Like, she actually says in this that she's not vegan. She okay. she says every everyone thinks I'm vegan, but I'm not, and I never have been. So so she hasn't been. I do think she probably does kind of. She's healthy. She probably she probably does a similar thing to what Chris and I do, which is like a mostly vegan, and then you you know you have meat sometimes, and you have dairy sometimes, etc. Because just generally having fruits and vegetables is really good. <laughs> I but like yeah, to so say she's... that your diet is like healthy plus. Like you're eating healthy, but also <laughs> there you go, healthy plus. But uh. Okay, so there's okay, there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up that's it's honestly just because it was so out of touch and I was annoyed when I read it. So yeah, so this is the this, and this is the part where we get to be mad at Gwyneth Paltrow. So uh, apparently, at some point when she went into a yoga studio, someone asked her if she'd done yoga before, and she turned to her friend and, and she was like, "The only reason she has this job is because I've done yoga before." Apparently that was a thing that happened and she basically like she basically she apparently is putting it out there that like she really popularized yoga and that everyone thought she was crazy for doing yoga. And so really like I mean we sort of owe That's yoga to Gwyneth Paltrow. No, it's not, not true at all. And the thing is like I never paid attention to the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow did yoga. Like, I do yoga regularly, but it's not because of her. And it's not even indirectly because of her. It's because of my husband, because he has done yoga before. And when he would talk about it, I was like, that sounds great. He also just walked in. We did yoga. I was we did yoga when you came down to look at apartments yeah. with me. I, I need to do yoga more because I've actually fallen off on it. But anyway, but like, I... People knew about yoga before you did it, Gwyneth. Stop giving yourself all that credit. Yeah, it's been around for, like, thousands of years because monks would do yoga before they would sit and meditate for, like, days and hours and stuff. Like, yoga is not a white lady invention. You fucker. I, I, okay, to be fair, I don't think she thinks it's a white lady invention. I mm. think that she thinks that white people wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for famous white people doing it. Wow. Which, no. Because, like, how did you find out? Anyway. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> So th that's the last like just shitty thing that I want to say. Um, I, I will say that I think Goop Lab could exist, but right now with this kind of like good vibes only attitude that they seem to have about it, they're they're basically not giving you any of the possible negative side effects of any of this, yeah. uh, which is very irresponsible because people don't necessarily go looking for negative side effects and just putting that like. 10 second up there this is only meant to entertain and inform like that's not going to mean that most people are like oh we shouldn't take this medical advice oh i should look into this like most people are going to jump on it um if they yeah. are people who are going to believe in that so so they're not doing this in a responsible way right now but i think that they definitely could um and what i wanted to do is end this by giving a pitch for what gwyneth paltrow could do with goop lab <laughs> um which i don't think that they'll do but <laughs> Why not? Because I don't want to insult something and then say it has potential, but not say what they should do, because that seems really shitty. So, so Gwyneth is not afraid to look silly. We've seen this before. Like, you know, she's she's definitely shown like, you know, she said that she thought the name was stupid and funny. And that's why she named her company that, you know, like mm -hmm. she's 
she's kind of okay looking silly because I think to some degree she does understand, well, I'm successful and I'm happy in what I'm doing. So let her lean way the fuck into that. Um, and she can literally be, no, she can, she could literally be like, Hey, I heard all of you talking about goop and talking about how I was out of touch. So this is goop lab out of touch. White lady gets educated, you know, and then, and then what can happen is goop can do their thing and they can look into something. And what they can do is maybe instead of doing, they could take like a specific therapy or they could take a specific, um, like a natural therapy, something they enjoy looking into, or they could take like a specific uh, illness and they could talk about the ways to treat that, what happens, etc. Um, basically, whatever their topic is, I would say that they should have the structure that they're giving themselves the assignment of the Goop team learns about this stuff and they create a presentation. Then they go give that presentation to a board of experts, like a panel of experts on that topic, who are paid not to agree with them, but to actually fact check them, um, yeah. fact check them and help them create a presentation that's actually completely true and responsible. And then film that whole process. And you can be like Goop Lab transparent, you know, like this is what we're doing because we've heard all of the things you guys are saying and we want to make sure that our science gets better. You know, I, yeah. I think that honestly, if she did that, the people who like really want to say mean things about goop and goop lab and all that would just like their voices would catch in their throats and they'd be like oh, oh fuck like <laughs> like they're doing it right so we can't actually say bad stuff and also i would say if you're so interested in looking at these if you're really interested in helping people i would I would say maybe don't go for the super out there stuff. Go for some of the natural stuff that's maybe not quite as out there. Um, I think everyone probably knows at this point that I'm going to suggest cannabis because it is <laughs> it something really is where there's the there's actually a lot of science. <laughs> well, but the thing is, like, for them, there's a lot of science. So they could actually make a really good episode about that and learn a lot of stuff. And it could be like like Gwyneth Paltrow getting educated about this, you know? And she, she could totally lean into, like, I am a privileged white lady and clearly... I don't know much about the world, even though I thought I did. So all of you guys yeah. are going to tell me about this. And that's and they could even involve like they could make this a part of the Goop platform because it's a whole multimedia enterprise. Like they could have people on Goop, like give them feedback about like what they really want to hear about. Like they could have people vote on the subjects. They could... I don't know, like they, they could have lots of <laughs> lots of stuff that they could do to make it a really interesting thing and to kind of like rehab the image so that they can still have some of their like woo woo silliness, but also have a lot of really good information on it. So that's kind of my it's kind of my hope, my wish for <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, because I don't think it's based off of bad intentions, but I think that she's promoting some shit that will be bad for people. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. uh, I will. I will move on to a shout out. Um, just a couple, uh, because I, or maybe just one. So, so my shout out this week. Um, I, I guess I'll kind of shout out Philip Moriarty because, like, he's the quantum physicist, quantum physicist, um, who does a really good job of explaining and kind of debunking that episode five. Um, so I would recommend everyone go watch that. Um, you can find it on YouTube or you can find it on our website because that'll be up by the time I post this. Um, but my other big shout out is to uh, Whidbey Herbal. 
these are friends of mine who make essential oils. Yes, they are expensive essential oils because they're organic and they're sustainably uh, made and all that kind of stuff. But if you are a person who's maybe a little bit goopy and you like some really well-produced essential oils by some really awesome people, I just wanted to throw that out there because I remembered that I know people who do that and I think that's, uh, that's really cool. So anyway, yeah, Caitlin and Sam, it would be herbal. You can follow them on Instagram. I don't have a code for you or anything because they're not sponsors because like I'm not gonna ask them to be because they're refurbishing a farm and they can use all of that money. How do you <laughs> so. how do you spell would be? Uh Whidbey is W-H-I-D-B-E-Y. And they have a small selection of essential oils, uh, but they're all from stuff that's grown there and it's all it's all very well sourced and I can promise you that no one's getting exploited in that labor. So nice. hey good stuff so anyway but that's that's there so if you wanted to make like your own products and uh and be all crafty and get some responsibly sourced essential oils go to Whidbey herbal yeah i don't uh my only shout out would i be didn't the tell arm- them i was gonna shout out but <laughs> anyway <laughs> my only shout out would be the gwyneth paltrow armchair expert episode but i have a life hack that i'm gonna share this week so if you're somebody who eats lots of pasta like me and also has plants save your pasta so water <laughs> save your pasta water and use it to feed your plants because apparently it's really good for them interesting i didn't know that yeah i do, I, I do know that if a, if a, a sauce like a cream-based sauce breaks you can add some pasta water and the and the gluten and it will actually help it kind of reform but I, then it's I'm, free. I'm just generally learning it's good to save your pasta yeah. water just like just in pasta case. water is shockingly good for other things weirdly so yeah, yeah. thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening i'm rosie and facts matter even if you're gwyneth paltrow <laughs> i hope now that you know better be better gwyneth paltrow <laughs>